Coming up on this month's podcast, we'll dig deep on the impact of COVID-19 on our sales strategies and business strategies. I've got listener questions from Rob from Des Moines, Jackie from Miami, and Brian from St. Louis. All questions related to sales and how we're selling to people amidst COVID-19. Man, oh man, can't believe we're here. We're also going to be talking about business strategies, sales strategies. How do we call on our prospects? I mean, how do we even think about selling anything amidst COVID-19? Friends, I think we've got some answers for you. It's all coming up next right here on the program. Stick around. Here we go. Live from the Brainswell Media Studios, this is the Ryan Dorn Business Show. Ryan is a 30-year Emmy-winning sales, marketing, and leadership advisor. He has touched over half a billion dollars in revenue and still sells every day. Ryan has been featured in Forbes, USA Today, and has trained over 20,000 professionals in seven countries. Now, here's your coach, your confidant, your fellow business warrior, Ryan Dorn. My oh my, are we in the midst of something that is just crazy. So, all right, let me first give you a couple of thoughts, and then we're going to get over to the listener questions. Mike Obert from Open Look is going to jump on the line, and we'll dissect those. Okay, first and foremost... Friends, as we're talking through the business strategies and the sales strategies as it relates to selling amidst COVID-19, let me give you a couple points of clarity because I don't ever want anyone to misunderstand the intent of this podcast, this particular podcast on COVID-19. I'm not making light of it. I am not saying to any of you that we should be taking per se advantage of this. I just know, friends, that I have a job to do. I have products and services to sell and to market. I can't stop because of COVID-19. I'm not trying to downplay it. It's awful. It's impacted all of our families and businesses in crazy kind of dramatic ways. I'm going to try to bring you some thoughts, some ideas, maybe even some levity to a situation that's pretty darn bad. So here's one of the things that I'd love for you to consider as we really begin to dig deep on this. Have you ever heard that that um, the quote, lead follow, or get out of the way? Have you heard that quote before? Lead, follow, or get out of the way. Do you know who said that quote originally? Because a lot of people say, oh, wasn't that, uh, you know, wasn't that uh, Dale Carnegie or or Tony Robbins? Those guys are great. But uh, no, it was actually a guy, his name was Thomas Paine. Thomas Paine actually wrote that quote in 1776. And he wrote a paper, (laughs) and the paper was called the American crisis. Is that ironic or just crazy? I think it's kind of ironic. Lead follower, get out of the way. So those of us in the sales and business space, I think, friends, we have an opportunity now. We're either going to lead, we're going to follow, or we're going to get out of the way. So I'm saying let's lead. Let's not be a follower. And let's not get out of the way and let other people run us over. I'm also not suggesting that we take a bad situation and try to make it great for our clients. I think that would be foolish sounding of us in the business and sales business. I think what we want to really consider is this. What are some things that we can do to potentially not only help our customers survive this crisis, but potentially on the other side of the crisis, potentially thrive? And what I can tell you right now is a lot of people are moving from FOMO to FONO. So we used to be able to sell them using some strategies like the fear of missing out, FOMO. The fear of missing out, F-O-M-O. Well, now I can see my customers, the way that they're shifting, they're shifting over to FONO, F-O-N-O. And that's the fear of not obeying. What do you mean? The fear of not obeying, what does that mean? Well, when times are tough and you're in the midst of a crisis, people get into follower mode 
There's nobody out there leading the way. <laughs> let's be honest. People are like, oh, um, you know, we need to buy toilet paper. Let's all run into it, buy toilet paper. Oh, you need two cans of corn. I'll take six. People are fear of not obeying. They're fearful of not following the crowd. Now, I'm not talking about the health part of this crisis. We've got a health crisis that has now turned into a financial crisis, obviously. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is us understanding as sales professionals out there, business professionals, that we really need to, first and foremost, watch our language. What do I mean by that? Watch our language. You want to watch your language because there's so many powerful, charged words out there, like pandemic, epidemic, crisis. We've got to be careful because this COVID-19 fire is burning strong. Would you agree with that? It's burning strong. No matter how you fall politically, I don't care about that. I can just look at what's happening to my business and my clients' businesses. When as salespeople or business people, we use words like pandemic, epidemic, crisis, we're adding fuel to a fire that's already burning really strong. So my suggestion is, and I'm not trying to downplay the situation. I'm not foolish. I don't want to look foolish. The situation is real. It's fluid. Lots of moving parts, but I'm calling it a situation. And why am I calling it a situation? To try to de-escalate. I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm just trying to use language that's just a little bit tempered. <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to put the fire out. I'm just trying not to add more fuel to the fire that's already burning so unbelievably strong. The second thing I'd suggest to you is you really need to get your facts straight. The number of people today that I've spoken with on the phone, coaching calls, consulting calls, the number of people that have bad facts as it relates to COVID-19 as a health crisis, and then COVID-19 as a business crisis, the facts are all over the place. I was talking to one of my best clients, and he's up in upstate New York, and I said, hey, have you been deemed a non-essential business or are you essential? He said, I don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? He said, yeah, I'm pretty sure that we're not essential. And I got into some more detailed discussion with him, and I realized, no, let's go to the let's go to the Secretary of State website. Let's look. You are actually are an essential business. So we really got to get our facts straight. Now you might be hearing on the news, oh, we'll be back to action by Easter. I mean, we all have our personal opinions about that, but we've got to really get our facts straight. Go to the CDC. Go to the horse's mouth. Go and figure out, hey, what is going on? Because if if our knowledge base is limited by Fox or CNN, we're going to be pro- we're going to have problems, friends. Would you not agree with that? And then the number of people getting information from Facebook, I'm like, oh my goodness, you've got to be kidding me. So first and foremost, we've got to make sure that we're watching our language. Secondly, we need to get our facts straight. Third thing is we really need to understand how to sell, how to market to three different types of customers. Now, on this podcast, I mentioned media earlier because I do a ton of work in the media advertising business. Well, most of you that are listening to this podcast, you're not in the media business. We've got a podcast for them. Most of you are doing financial planning, SaaS, software sales, enterprise software sales, insurance, things along those lines. Basically, your boots on the street. Well, I mean, at least you were. <laughs> so we've got to learn to sell to three different types of customers of ours. So let's, let's talk about those three types of customers. Let's talk about how to talk to them, how to potentially sell to them during this COVID-19 situation. All right, the first grouping of customers are those that slam on the brakes. They just slam on the brakes. The second group is kind of that wait and see group of customers. And then we've got those carpe diem folks that are out there. So there's three types of customers, slam on the brakes, wait and see, and carpe diem type of folks. 
So how do we deal with each type of customer? I can't say that it, there's an, a magic formula, so to speak, but I think we can logically think through this. Number one, slam on the brakes type of people. Those are the type of people that are slamming on the brakes. They're canceling your service. They're canceling your product. Whatever, they're slamming on the brakes and they're making big changes quick and right now. Well, friends, that's not based on logic. That's based on emotion. So if you're a logical seller and you're trying to sell logically or give a logical explanation or trying to handle an objection logically to somebody that's emotional, it's like trying to explain to someone that's had too much to drink that they don't have the capacity to drive. Like you're being quiet and you're being logical. Hey, Bill, you know you've had too much to drink and you really can't drive. Well, you know, right, I'm pretty sure I can drive. You know, you try to logically explain to somebody that's emotional or incapacitated out of fear or in this particular case, they've had too much to drink. It's like trying to debate with somebody that's had too much to drink. You're trying to fight a, a fire with logic. It's an emotional fire. So how do you sell to those slam on the brakes kind of people? You got to comfort them. If you've got 75 customers, just as an example, that all use your service, and only one person in the last two weeks is canceled, you need to tell everybody that. When they call in to cancel a service or not sign a proposal or make changes to something, you need to be able to very calmly simply say, uh, John or Julie or whatever the name is, Julie, I understand why you might be calling me to, to make these changes. Or in a lot of cases, uh, they're emailing you, so you don't really have a chance to even handle the objection correctly. We've got 75 business owners like you that are doing this and this, and only two have made any changes to their program with us. So I have a concern. May I share my concerns with you? And then explain the concerns to them about canceling your service or product or whatever the circumstance is. So first and foremost, those slam in the brakes people, they're not logical. They're emotional. So don't try to fight emotion, emotion with logic. Okay, second group of people, wait and see kind of folks. Those wait and see folks, they're a little bit emotional, but they're mostly logical. They're like, hey, the numbers don't make sense to me, Ryan. I can't continue this service with you because I need to leave the lights on. I can't make payroll, so I can't consider any type of service with you to continue. Now, those type of folks, I think that we could make a case to explain to them that typically it's more cost-effective to stay the course than to shut things on and off. See, a lot of times when you're selling, whatever it is that you're selling, turning things on and off, there's a cost to that. Normally, the cost to that does not outweigh the benefit of shutting it off. Now, it, I'm not just talking about late fees or reinitiation fees or cancellation fees or things like that. I'm talking about looking at things strategically. Typically, for example, in the advertising business, if you shut off advertising, then what happens? Well, if everybody shuts off at the same time, you're good, but there are people that won't. Those are those carpe diem people. We're going to talk about them next. So in the advertising space, it's easy for me to explain to somebody, hey, if you turn off your advertising and others don't, then they're going to get further and further ahead. Let's talk about the CRM business. Say you sell software. Let's just use CRM as an example, a customer relationship management tool. A customer calls me, I'm a CRM provider, they want to cancel. Well, the cost of them canceling means unproductivity, unproductivity for their team for the next X number of period of time. How much data are you potentially losing? 
when you go and turn it all back on, are you just going to be able to resurrect it from scratch? You've got months, if not weeks, if not an entire quarter of no data being put in the CRM. The short-term savings isn't worth the long-term expense once you go to turn it back on. In almost all cases that I've surveyed, it's almost always easier to stay the course than to turn things on and off as a crisis hits. That third group of people, that's those carpe diem folks. Man, I I really like those folks. (laughs) Those are the kind of people, as sad as it is to say it, these are the type of people that say things like, don't let any crisis go unwasted. Take advantage of every crisis. They're probably the same people that say, no news is bad news. All publicity is good publicity. Well, let's not be heartless here. I think we need to have a big heart and be very sympathetic to our friends that are struggling through COVID-19 from a health circumstance. Here's the thing to remember. Carpe diem kind of folks are those, these are people we can sell to now. They're people that you could say, you could call them and say, hey, now's the time for you to take advantage of this service because others aren't. Now's an opportunity for you to take advantage of this service because others have turned the service off. So you can either gain market share, you can get in front of more people, the noise in your category has gone down. So now it's time for you to stand out from the crowd. The other thing is from those carpe diem folks, friends, they're home now. So they got time to research. Let's say that you sell construction equipment. You can't ever get these sons sons of guns to sit down, right? You can't ever get them to sit down and have a conversation with you because they're always out in the field. Well, they may be and maybe they're not. I mean, who knows? If you're in the software business, oh my, what a time for demos. People are at home. They're going to give you the meeting. Now's a great time to be selling. So do you want to be a slam in the brakes person? a wait-and-see person or a carpe diem person, my thought on this is I want to help my customers turn a bad situation into a little bit better situation. But these are three type of customers that you're going to deal with. There are people that will seize the day, and those are the folks that I'm running what I refer to as a three-by-three challenge. I'm looking at three categories of business, three people per category. I'm trying to find those carpe diem folks in each one of those, and that's why I call it my three-by-three challenge. Three categories of people, three people within each category, and I'm working them, but I'm working the carpe diems first, the wait and see folks, I'm working them, but those slam on the brakes folks, they're hard to work with, but you can talk them through it. You just need to recognize three types of people, three ways to handle those three types of people. But then also recognize friends, I mean, we have to handle these objections from folks in a very thoughtful and a very provoking way. Because you've got these folks, some of them are legit, they have legit concerns. And then you have some that are just looking for any excuse to cancel. So what I like to do is I handle objections with a process, not my wits. Because if you handle objection with your wits, you might come off as being offensive. I mean, shoot, I've probably offended um, half of you in the first half of the podcast (laughs) with some of the things that I've said. And I I certainly don't mean to do that. But a lot of times I find myself just being very real. All right, so you get an objection from a customer, and the objection can come in all different shapes and sizes, all right? So the first thing that I want to do is I want to empathize without getting in the gutter with that person, all right? We'll come back to that. The second thing, I want to present some historical data about people that are staying the course, and then I want to present my ideas to that person. What are things that I can do to help help them? All right, so let me kind of walk you through this. Number one, I want to empathize with them. So an objection comes in, Ryan, I'm canceling. All right, empathize with them without debating or getting emotional. 
So what I want to do is see a lot of salespeople, business people, marketers, you try to get yourself at eye level with that person you're talking to on the phone. And when you do that, what you do is you find yourself kind of getting in the gutter, or as we say in the South, that you like to waller with these people. You like to, you, you feel like you're building a relationship with them when actually what you're doing is you're adding more fuel to the fire. So I want to empathize without debate, empathize without a lot of emotion. Let me give you an example. Let's just say my client is Jill. Ryan, I'm canceling. Jill, I understand your concerns. Our goal is to not only help you survive during this situation, but we hope that our partnership will help you thrive once this situation subsides. It's very important for us. Empathize without debate. I mean, the moment that you're like, oh, man, you're right. Boy, oh, boy, it's terrible out there. Man, I don't like what the president's doing. I don't like this. I don't like that. And then all of a sudden, guess what? You're in the gutter with them, and you have just added a bunch of fuel to a fire that's already burning strong. We don't want to do that. All right, first, when I'm handling objections, empathize without debate or emotion. Second, present some data that you have as it relates to your company of people that stuck with you through the last recession didn't cancel their service or whatever it was, and they not only survived, but they thrived. Friends, I can't give that to you, okay? I can't give you that information because I don't have that information. I don't know what it is that your customers do, what they don't do. I just, I don't know that, friends. So what you're going to have to do is you've got to figure out what it is that you can do as it relates to those particular success stories so that you can share that with your folks in a way that makes sense based on the type of person that you're talking to. All right, a slam on the brakes type of person. Well, you need some type of success story that will help them feel comfort. Those people that are wait and see. Some type of success story that has logic woven into it. For the carpe diem folks, some type of success story as it relates to, hey, here are the people in the last recession that stuck with us. And here's what happened to them. They grew their business. They grew market share or whatever the circumstance is. So friends, if you think through this, you've really got to also then make sure from in that second step, presenting historical data or presenting success stories that you don't oversell. You want to create comfort without creating confusion. And you also want to create comfort without just making the situation worse. So you got to practice it out a little bit. Okay, so first, empathize without debate. Second, give some historical data. And then third, what are you going to do for them? How are you going to help them? What can you do? Is it a deferred payment on the price? Is it offering some type of loyalty-based discount? Remember, friends, discounting products, services, etc., that's death. During a crisis, when you discount, that short-term game is not worth the long-term bad ramifications. Trust me, friends, when you lower your price, during a crisis, it will take you years to get back to your current price point. Well, Ryan, you know, all my customers are cutting rates. You know what? There is nothing productive about racing to the bottom. I say to people all the time, they're like, Ryan, you're expensive. Hey, listen, I'm not Walmart. You're not Walmart. If you're looking for a low-cost provider, I'm not your guy. And it's really surprising the number of people would say, you know, you're, you're right. I'm not Walmart either. So, you know, you're expensive for a reason. I'm expensive for a reason. And the reason that we are is because of the product and knowledge set that we bring to those various business owners. And friends, I mean, it's really, really important for us really to focus in on it. Last but not least, I think it's really, really important for us to really vividly, vividly understand what are the questions, 
What are the thoughts? What are the comments? What, what's the commentary? What's the narrative that we want to be creating for our customers? You got to get proactive. Friends, I have had salespeople all day today say to me, Ryan, I'm not going to call my customers because I don't want to give them a reason to cancel. <laughs> Friends, if they're thinking about canceling, they're going to cancel regardless of you call them or not. Then what they're going to do, though, is they're going to email you because chicken, they're chicken. They're not going to call you because they know you've been listening to this podcast. You've been getting some training. <laughs> they're not going to call you. They're going to email you. Try to debate with somebody about canceling over email. Really? It's not going to work out. That's why you got to get them on the phone. Friends, you've got to be proactive. You have to get your customers on the phone. You've got to teach them why it is so important for them not to cancel, for them to buy more from you, or whatever the circumstance is. Again, I don't want anyone to think that I'm downplaying this crisis. Man, oh man, it is bad out there. What I'm telling you, though, is we got a job to do. As marketers, as salespeople, as business professionals, we got a job to do. So I think we might want to go back to what we started with, to that quote by Thomas Paine in the American Crisis from 1776. We're going to lead, we're going to follow, or we're going to get out of the way. And friends, my encouragement to you is lead the way, control the narrative, get proactive, watch your language. Get your facts straight. Understand how to deal with those three different types of customers and get it down to a science. Practice it. Practice your responses. Look at your email templates. Friends, this does not have to be a crisis in sales. Sure, it might be a crisis that's impacting your family in some very dramatic ways. I get it. But there are people out there right now that will buy what you're selling. Find one to be a good fit. Use that three-by-three challenge. And friends, don't follow or get out of the way. Lead the charge. Control the narrative. Let's figure out ways to help our customers not only survive this crisis, but potentially thrive when this crisis subsides. All right, I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach and business coach if I didn't have some sponsors here of the podcast. We're going to play a couple commercials. We'll be back in 45 seconds. We've got Mike from OpenLook, a business solutions to dissect our listener questions this week. We've got uh, Rob from Des Moines, great question on being sympathetic. We've got Jackie from Miami on keeping her team focused. And then we've got Brian from St. Louis, how he himself can stay very, very focused as well. And that's all coming up next. Friends, I'd be a pretty terrible sales coach, sales advisor, if I didn't have a few uh, sponsors here of the old podcast. So if you would, stick around and stay close 45 seconds, and we'll be back with more. We'll be right back. The Ryan Dorn Business Show is brought to you in part by Open Look Business Solutions. Need data cleanup, a virtual assistant, graphic design, or telemarketing? Reach out to Mike at open-look.com for information. That's open-look.com. How about a new website? Now more than ever before, having a world-class website is mission critical. Ryan has partnered with Web Publisher Pro to offer his clients top-notch websites that focus on lead generation and revenue. Reach out to David at webpublisherpro.com for more information. That's webpublisherpro.com. Now back to the show. Here's your coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, that time of the podcast every month where you wait for Mike and I to answer uh, your listener questions. And uh, Mike, how's it going from uh, from the home front? You uh, able to handle all the work, handle the kids and all that stuff from the house? It is pure chaos, Ryan. It is <laughs> chaos, but man, it's fun. It is, uh, it, it, we're having a uh, ball doing it. 
Well, that's good. We've got uh, all of our questions um, just recently came in, and they're all from folks that are working from home. And um, that's where the questions really, you know, where they kind of really resound. Um, so let's just dig through them, uh, Mike, and, and then maybe we can find out some, you know, cool stuff you guys are doing down at uh, down at Open Look uh, yep, Business sure. Solutions. Yep. All right, first question uh, from our listener, Rob, uh, from Des Moines. I'm an Iowa guy. Rob from Des Moines. Um, having some trouble getting, you know, working from home and staying focused, having trouble staying focused. Um, what can you do or what technology can you suggest to really help me get my job done better? Mike, you know, you work uh, with a lot of remote folks uh, at Open Look. Yeah. What do you guys do to, you know, keep, uh, you know, from a technology perspective and stuff like that? Right. We use a lot of uh, Skype and Zoom. Um, I, I joke around that I see uh, uh, my partner, Kevin, in the Philippines. I see him more than my wife uh, because he's <laughs> constantly um, on Skype. So uh, we use Skype and Zoom. Zoom, actually, I've been using more and more this year. Um, in the team stuff that you can do, uh, you can mute people, uh, which they don't have some of these features on Skype. Uh, sound, uh, you know, you can have up to 15, 20 people mm -hmm. in a room and right. the technology has been great. Uh, so zoom and Skype have been lifesavers for us. Yeah. I mean, from a technology perspective, Rob, some of the things I use loom L O O M. It's a Chrome extension to record sales videos. I think that's a piece of technology that's been helpful. I'm also using my calendar to stay focused. I know it sounds basic, but I'm blocking out time for things and I'm not leaving my home office or my home setup until that occurs. The other thing is that I think people overlook is where you set your office up at. Everybody wants to be in their kitchen or like in the main area. Um, you know, find some way to set this up like on a back wall of your bedroom or someplace that is moderately quiet and filled with stuff. Because I'm hearing a lot of people on sales calls in their kitchen, and it sounds like you're in an amphitheater. It's echoing. So I think that, Rob, you know, could also uh, be helpful. Yep. And then, Actually, I, I just moved to the bedroom. Yeah, there you I go. I was in the office and kids <laughs> and dogs, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to the bedroom and shutting the door. Yeah, exactly. And then also go over to PC World. And um, there's a, a woman, an author, her name is Leanne Cassavoy. And she did um, an article and a video series on how to avoid being a webcam zombie. And so that's really a great uh, article on how to set up your webcam, you know, for success. But I use Loom every day. Zoom, so Loom, L-O-O-M. Zoom will give you a free account for 45 minutes of talk time. So, Rob, I think that's a bunch of different ideas, you know. For I you. think uh, one thing to add, too, is, is a good headset. Um, I, I yeah. find that I'm a little bit more productive when... I have the headset on and I'm a little bit tied to the computer, mm -hmm. which makes me focus a little bit more. Um, and also, you know, you don't have the background noise and, and uh, your your wife or your significant other can't hear the conversations that are going on. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a good headset also, I think, has been good for us. I think a worthwhile investment, if you've got the money, is uh, getting a dual ear headset with a boom mic from Jabra, um, J-A-B-R-A. Don't use your AirPods because they just, they pick up too much extraneous noise. Jabra and Bose, others, but Jabra is a little bit cheaper, have duo headsets, cover both ears and have a boom mic, which puts the microphone right in front of your face. So I think that could be good as well. So Rob, good, good thoughts there. Um, so, okay. Uh, Jackie uh, from Miami, similar question, but a different slant to it. Having trouble keeping her team focused. Uh, question says, hey, Ryan and Mike, having some trouble keeping my sales team focused. What are some ideas to really keep them focused when they're working from home? Um, Mike, you do a lot of teamwork, uh, even more than I do. 
with remote folks? What are you doing to keep the team focused? Um, typically what we do is we start the day on a zoom call and virtually we have everybody that's there checking in, making sure everybody knows what's happening that day. Um, and it's so easy to get into. So, uh, making sure that you're constantly checking in with people, um, and then messaging people throughout the day. And I specifically, I'm looking for people that are, you know, on top of it, making sure that they're messaging me straight back. Um, and if they're not, then, then, you know, then something might be going on and it might be worth a call. Mm -hmm. But also the, one of the big things that we we're finding right now with a lot of our virtual people is, um, that it's more of a reward to be able to work virtually, um, if Mm -hmm. they can't handle it and if their performance is not where it's going to be. Um, then we're moving those people back to the office. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in, in these times right now, it could be, hey, perform, prove that you can work from home. Um, and then, you know, once we get through all this, we can go forward and maybe there's a possibility that you could stay at home and work. And uh, that seemed the performance has gone through the roof for us as we have been uh, telling people that, you know, prove that you can work from home, prove that your mm-hmm. numbers are going to stay up. Um, and then, you know, we'll, we'll revisit that when we can. Right. And, and just so everybody's clear, I mean, we're talking about Mike and his team. We're talking about not five people <laughs> that are going to yeah. be home based. We're talking about hundreds of folks. And yes. so if they can make it work, I know you can make it work. You know, Jackie, the other thing for me is celebrating victories, set up a Slack channel to celebrate wins and victories. Um, maybe you do some virtual happy hours, some virtual lunches where people all log in at noon and they all eat lunch together and joke around the way you would at work. Maybe you all have cocktails. Everybody grabs a beer or whatever at uh, five, six o'clock. But the other thing that I do, and Mike, you may not agree with this. Um, I don't know. I'll get your thoughts on it. I actually do random check-ins with people. I'll call them on FaceTime, et cetera. And the reason I do that is I, I want to make sure that they're, we're paying them to work and I want to be cool but I want to make sure they're working. So if they won't answer a FaceTime call, it's maybe possible that they've gone to walk the dog like for the ninth time today or they're not where they're supposed to be. Now, I'm not trying to be a micromanager, but I am trying to make sure people are on task. So I like to do those kind of check-ins. What's up? You know, how's it going? Can I help with anything? And I like to do those type of, of, of things as well. Do you like to surprise people, Mike, or is everything you guys do pretty planned? I like to surprise people as well. Okay. I do. Yeah. There's an ulterior motive. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I do like, you know, um, just the random check-in of, right. hey, and not even with a an agenda, but hey, just want to check on you, make sure everything's fine, anything I can do to help you, um, and then, you know, pretty quick and then move on to the next person. Right. Some people will need more attention than others, Jackie. So what you're going to notice is some people need multiple check-ins. Keep in mind, some people freak out at home. They don't like it. They might need more engagement from you as a manager. Here's the big thing. I'm not looking to micromanage people, but I do need to keep them accountable and I need them to get a job done and they're being paid to do a certain job. Of course, you know, make sure you check all applicable labor, labor laws on that one, Jackie, too. Um, all right. Um, Brian is our last question. Uh, Mike, good question. Brian from uh, St. Louis. And he's getting a lot of negative calls. Here's the question. Hey, Ryan and Mike, making a lot of sales calls, getting through to people, which is awesome. However having a lot of negative conversations about the current COVID-19 situation. What should I do? And Mike, if you don't mind, I'll start on this one. Is that cool? Yeah, go. Um, Brian, I think, I don't know you, Brian. I know another Brian from St. Louis, but I don't know you, Brian. But I would say um, that for me, you might be part of the problem. What happens a lot of times is when someone, you get someone on the phone and they're all down and they're in the gutter 
is we would say here in South Carolina, sometimes we tend to waller with those people. Like we want to get down in the in the mud with them and sit and get, you know, eye to eye. And yeah, man, you're right. It is terrible. The sky is falling. Yeah, the, you know, the White House isn't doing this or so-and-so's not doing that or, you know, and that doesn't help. Um, now, I'm not saying that you should just not respond and I'm not suggesting that you shouldn't be sympathetic, but I like to follow kind of a three-step process. First, empathize without getting into a debate. That's the first thing. Don't waller with them. Just, oh, man, you're right. Yeah, things are kind of crazy out there. But then the second thing is I want to give them a bright spot for the day. I might say, you know, I've had six or eight great calls with people today. We're seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. And then the third thing is give them some fresh ideas. So the first thing is, you know, talk with them, empathize, but don't get in the gutter. Don't waller with them. Do they say waller in Texas? Or is that <laughs> they just- do. <laughs> and that I was chuckling when you were saying waller because I've used waller before too. Yes. yes. Yeah. Don't waller. Give them a bright spot. Like, hey, I've talked to seven people today. We're seeing some light at the end of the old tunnel. And then the third thing is share a new idea, something that you've got, um, a solution that you've got to potentially, you know, to potentially help them. All right, I'll shut up for a second. Mike, in terms of uh, what, Brian, overcoming negative calls, what are your thoughts on overcoming negativity from a client on the other end of the phone? I, I do agree with you. You need to sympathize with them, but you don't know, you don't need to, as you said, Waller, you don't need to live in it. Um, you can move the conversation forward. And if it's in a market that's down and, and struggling, um, you know, sympathize with them, but then say, hey, look, I've heard from these two other customers, just like you said. And these are things that they're doing to get through these times. So, yeah, I think any type in, in it might not even be like, hey, I'm trying to sell you something right now or I'm right. trying to do right. something with you. But right. hey, let me just give you some advice. Like I'm in the same market. Let me talk to you about what I'm hearing and what people are saying. And if, if that helps you, then, you know, that's what we're here to do is to help you. So Rob and Jackie and Brian, awesome questions. And uh, thanks, Mike, for uh, for helping us uh, on that. So you guys, um, if I'm not following what you're saying, um, because everybody's at home, as far as virtual assistants go and things like that, you guys are pretty busy right now. We have been ramping up. That is true. Yeah, we've added a lot of people um, over the last couple of weeks and the last month um, of people looking for for help and, and people that, you know, are uh, virtually set up. So, uh, yeah, we, we've been pretty busy. Oh, that's awesome. Well, you can reach out to Mike. He loves to strategize about how he can help your business. Open-look.com. Thank you, Ryan. We appreciate it. All right, friends, that is our podcast for the month. We sure appreciate you stopping by and hanging out with us. You can find out more online about me and what I do over at RyanDorn.com. Of course, send your listener questions over to RyanDorn.com as well. Hey, what do I do? I train teams. I work on marketing strategies, build revenue strategies, love to work with you. And also love to speak at your conferences. Got any sales meetings that are going to be coming up? Well, you might be planning for the fall because we're all at home right now. Hey, get on my calendar. Love to be a part of your sales meeting, marketing meeting, or if you're dealing with your customers, love to speak to them as well. All right. Remember, friends, if sales was easy, everybody be doing it. If business was easy, everybody be doing it. And they're not. So we're either crazy, which is possible, or we found careers that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right. Next podcast coming up all about new business development for stick around and stay close for that. If I can be of help, reach out to me, Ryan at RyanDorn.com. God bless y'all. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and be well. Bye.